welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. I'm here with my trusty um, quarantine partner slash podcast host, Zach Bird. How's it going, Zach? You forgot boyfriend. Oh, I just thought we put that phase of our relationship on hold since all we do now is work on podcasts together. Keep reminding people. Okay, well, Zach's my boyfriend, <laughs> but uh, currently he just feels like my colleague because all we do is record together yeah. and paint. Yeah. Yeah, we're like buddies. Like We you know, we, we paint houses by day, and then at night uh, <laughs> we're not sick of each other. We record some podcasts. Hey. Watch sports documentaries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wrestling documentaries basketball documentaries yeah we started the new jordan one um the last dance yeah it's pretty good um we watched rick flair the other night his documentary that was really good oh uh, we watched the mick foley one we've been watching dark side Ooh, dark side of the rings on tonight too i mm. think we have two parts yeah. yeah so we're really making our way through quarantine and we were gonna watch teen witch that's i've never true. seen it i don't think i'm familiar enough with it zach's gonna love it it's gonna appeal to his um by curious side yeah yeah um so yeah so hey guys guess what you know how there wasn't an episode last week on the main feed it's because it was patreon only so um for everyone who was willing to part with a dollar per month they got an exclusive episode of the podcast with rob love um, where I revealed some really exciting uh, life events going on with me. Um, and you won't know until you pay that dollar. Can I tell them? Well, <laughs> what are you going to tell them? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, yeah, no, keep it behind a paywall. It's a fucking dollar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that and um, for being unemployed, which I'm no longer, it's just been a busy quarantine and I didn't have it in me to do literally that would have been like a sixth podcast last week. And I just did not have it in me. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Rob Love and I are doing some great stuff over on Patreon, patreon.com slash sex, drugs and spirituality. It's a dollar a month. Um, and it's pretty exciting. We're doing, uh, prank phone calls and, uh, episodes we call Rob Love Raw. And, um, last week we did, yeah, kind of a little theater. It was good. Um, so that said, uh, I got it. I got an iTunes review like a year ago saying that the show was boring and seemingly, um, just a vehicle for advertisements. And I thought that was really weird because I don't have any ads. Um, but right. now, yeah, now, sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, advertising what? Your depression? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, that, that, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, I... I can't, I, I'm learning to not be bothered by negative stuff. You know, that person said my show's a vehicle for advertisements when I literally have no advertisers. And then someone later called me racist. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Zach got to be with me while I had a meltdown dissecting. I was what? like, how do they know? They don't, <laughs> you know, I thought that you were private about that. <laughs> Yeah, and then I had this like breakdown where I'm like, why didn't they just call me or text me? And I put I was my like, phone why number. Why would the they air. do that? 
<laughs> but like, why would they leave a review? I guess because they were treating it like I was an actually successful podcast. Like, because yeah, she was but... like, I don't know who makes you the authority to speak on this. I'm like, I'm literally a person recording out of my garage. I'm not an authority on anything. I'm a like, you know, so to like review it, like in the way that it would be someone being like, Fox News is very unbalanced reporting. And it's like, you're speaking out against this entity. Right. And she approached it like that. But I'm like, I'm not. I'm just yeah. like a person. <laughs> yeah, but that's still like, like, I don't write reviews unless they're positive yeah like, you know like on uh goodreads or whatever but yeah if i was doing a goodreads r- rating or a review and it's like well before you give that one star we have the author's phone number if you can call them and then maybe you can, you'll change your mind i'd be like no (laughs) yeah well no i get that i just like for me in my mind i'm not like an author or a broadcaster i'm just like an idiot with a microphone Mm -hmm. like i read things and i talk about them into a microphone and i kind of consider myself like i'm in the same level as the people listening like we're all like a group of friends And so, like, to have someone come at me, like, I was like this. I don't know. Right. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just not that. Just hit me up, girl. No, if if I'm wrong, let me know. Yeah. But that's good that you're getting bad reviews, too. That means enough people are... Are listening. Yeah. I mean, I hate to... Because it's so cliche. It's like, when people's... Yeah, when you get everybody after you, that means you, you have more fans, but... If it was only hate. <laughs> yeah, it would be bad. But, yeah, I remember um, on – I and I did, like, a sound uh, clip on it that I tweeted out. But Matt Farley on his podcast, he got a negative review. Like, someone who was in, like, Toto or Men at Work yeah. negatively reviewed his work. And instead of getting upset, he just goes, oh, yeah. (laughs) How about that? They're talking about me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the right attitude. I mean, but I'm pretty sensitive as well. And if it was something that especially that I was like, well, that's not me. Yeah. Well, and also like, listen, I'm a white person. So I'm there probably is some like embedded racism in me that I'm not even aware of. You know what I mean? You're not aware of it? Baby. <laughs> I'm but I'm just saying, like, I don't I don't want to be that person. And if I'm wrong in any way, like enlighten me. Or if you think that I'm wrong, try to tell me why. And I might agree with you. I might She chose not. to enlighten others that yeah. don't go here because you're gonna hear racism. Yeah, but then I Googled that girl. <laughs> I just fucking unhealthy behavior Mm -hmm. so i googled her and i found like all of her social media where she's a fake model and has a blog about her struggle with mental illness and i just was like you know what she has her own bullshit going on yeah like her life is hard in its own way i don't need to be angry or hateful with any luck she already killed herself well baby come on (laughs) come on come on but but yeah, I just was like, listen, she has her own, she's a, has her own life. She's her own person with her own struggles. I don't need to have any hate in my heart towards her. Yeah. Um, but uh, that bothered me. I don't yeah. even know how we got there. Um, oh, I'm a, a vehicle for advertisement after I spent 10 minutes shilling out the Patreon. You spent like 30 seconds. <laughs> it's a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> a 
good. There we go. And we're back. And we're back. We're back. Um, so I wanted to do an episode about the um, male rites of passage in this um, tribe in Papua New Guinea that I heard about on Rogan. Um, I think it was when we were repainting our gym. We were listening to Rogan. Well, he mentioned something about about I think a different tribe, and then I brought up the Zambia tribe because I had I watched a film about it in one of my college courses. I think you guys were talking about the same ones because he was like, you know, those be. guys who suck the guys off, and Zach was like, oh, totally, I know Grinder. <laughs> I was like, we're called homos. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I had to watch a film about it. So yeah, I'll, I'm sure I'll chime in with that. That's my only knowledge. Of okay. This. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I had to write a paper. I think I did have to do like some sort of assignment on it. But Zach wrote a graphic novel about it. <laughs> um, so Penthouse Forum. <laughs> They're yes. like, sir. It's not what this magazine does. Um, so just to give a little background to people who also went to school in America, uh, Papua New Guinea, it's an independent state. It's a sovereign state, but it's part of the um, Queen Elizabeth II's Commonwealth. So like, kind of like, um, I believe Australia and Canada are also Commonwealths. Um, but Papua New Guinea is uh, the eastern half of an island uh, that's north of Australia. Um, the western half are Papa and West Papua, which are Indonesian provinces. So just to make things really confusing, there's three states on this island, and they all have kind of the same name. Yeah. Um, but there's this tribe there called the Simbari Anga tribe. And um, I guess to back it up, like it's a super rural place. The whole population of this nation is like just a couple thousand like and it it's really because it's such like mountainous rough terrain it's really separate and cultures have evolved actually i lied so the the population of the sambia tribe is 2500 i don't know the whole nations whatever mm -hmm. but this area has like 851 native languages because it's so um rough like just cultures developed independently right um so this guy named Gilbert Hurt, and he's an anthropologist, and he was head, might still be, I don't know, head of sexuality studies at San Francisco State University, and he also founded the National Sexuality Resource Center. Um, he wrote three books about the Sambia, and the, he, he named them this. I couldn't figure out why, because they, they're called the Simbarianga tribe, but now they even call themselves the Sambia. Okay, maybe that's why I thought we were talking about two different things because maybe Rogan called it Simbari. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But I tried to find out why he named it that because it, it seemed like maybe to keep their privacy, he gave them like a different name for his books, but then it was put together. I don't, I don't fucking know. But yeah. now like universally they're called the Zambia yeah. and that's what they call themselves. And this guy, um, uh, Gilbert Hurt, um, if you Google him, he looks exactly like what you would think <laughs> a founder of the National Sexuality Resource Center out of San Francisco State University would look like. Who is named Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can kind of like a Philip Seymour Hoffman-ish looking okay. gay gentleman. Yeah. Um, okay, and so why, why was he 
so interested in these in this tribe. What could possibly see? He wanted to join. He's like, is this a club or? Hey guys, you got room for one more? <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, it's because they practice. So, a lot of tribal cultures have weird male rites of passage. I fucking just read about this, um, tribe. Uh, like I think it was an Aboriginal tribe in Australia where like part of the male rite of passage was when the boy's like thirteen, they they take him to a fire. And they slay him down by the fire, and someone like the like chief or whatever straddles him facing the penis, circumcises him, and then while the boy's like writhing in pain, they walk him over to the fire, they feed him his foreskin, they call it fresh meat. Yeah. And then they split open, they put a rod in his dick, like a sounding rod, and then they cut down the bottom of the dick, so like below the head from the frenulum to like the start of the balls they split the whole thing open so the sticks in there to stop it yeah they split it well yeah but then it's connected on the top because the stick stopped the knife and it's helped anyways (laughs) and then the boy has to bleed into the fire and then for the rest of his life he has to sit down to pee i would say i don't want to be a man well exactly and we're gonna get into that with the zombie people so like Tribal male rites of passage are a thing, right? In the U.S., we have bar mitzvahs, yeah. um, getting jumped after school. No, I mean, yeah, you can get jumped into a gang, but that's not like a... I know, I'm just coming yeah, up. I was making a joke. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything... I was like, acne was my rite of passage. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah. Yeah. Well, the Sambia is part of their male rites of passage practice, ritualized homosexuality and semen ingestion. Um, So it's prepubescent boys that they then put through these rites to make them men. So the older guy goes, I'm a papa. Use a new guinea. Now suck me off. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot like that. It's a lot like that. So it's part of like the process of masculinization or going from boyhood to manhood. Um, The Sambia have an underlying belief that women are dangerous to men. Uh, And it was really funny reading about them because a lot of their like beliefs reminded me a lot of my stepdad who is a piece of shit. Um, and who would always be like, the men and the dog in Africa, the men and the dogs eat first, blah, blah, blah. And like women are vultures. Like he's just very misogynistic. <laughs> and uh, I think he's like a wannabe zombian. Cause yeah. It's horrible. Can I have his number? Yeah. <laughs> are you going to shoot him? No. Oh, that's unfortunate. He's no, a man, pedophile. It sounds, like, it sounds like he has a lot of good opinion. <laughs> and then I hear that. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, no, that's that's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah, um, women are wonderful. Um, Maybe a little dangerous, you know. Well, the fun ones are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they believe that women inherently emasculate and manipulate men and that they have this power called um, tingu and it's like their bewitching power to like take men's masculinity away make them buy tiny dogs yeah like i did with zach number one i bought the tiny dog you're just in love with it 
Yeah, but oh my god, Frank's being extra cute. <laughs> Frank is always extra cute. Yeah, you have a woman in your life now, and now you've got tiny dogs and a house that's good to look at. Yeah, but but you thrust it on me. See, so you bewitched me with your tingu. Yeah, it's because you're resistant to anything good. Right. So you have to be right. bewitched. That's the thing about men is that sometimes you have to bewitch them because they don't like things that are good for them. Right. Like tiny dogs. Well, yeah, exactly. Because now Zach is like the best dog dad ever and he wants another dog. Not, not exactly. There, You showed me a picture of one dog that I was like, holy shit. And she knew that this is my type of dog. See, unlike Sydney, I don't. Sydney, it seems like every dog. She's like, oh my god, look at that's this. not true. But I have a more, more than me, more than I me. have a very specific type. They're you tiny do. and they're black and they're white and they're boys. You, it's very specific, but it's also very common. It's not common. Look at these two rare specimens we have in our house. <laughs> yeah, those are just the ones that we have, but there are so many others that I've seen pictures of and stuff. But yeah, Mr. Gray, which everyone guys, Mr. Gray was like a little Frank looking dog, like a black Chihuahua that had gone gray because he's old. Oh my God, beautiful! I mean, rare, right? And then, uh, and then uh, Yoda. Yoda, who I still want to get. Yoda. Just a black chihuahua. It's just jet black, rescued from a hoarding situation. I mean, he has a sad story. Is the only reason I would I considered it. I was like, well, it's sad, you know. But that's with every dog. He also looks just like Frank when Frank was young. Yeah, and that's like. You don't see a lot of jet black chihuahuas, yeah. like no other color, no I feel marking. Like my friend had he, they like went through chihuahuas and they had a few. But um, anyway, this dog. My point being, I never. It's rare for me to see a dog and go, "Oh my god!" But she was like, "Oh look at this guy!" And my heart just jumped out of my chest. I was like, "Where is he?" And we thought he already got adopted, but he's at a foster home in Orange County. We're assuming. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere near there. And um, I'm considering it, but also we just barely got Ralphie. Yeah, so it's probably not going to happen. But Yeah, I'm he's still... cute. He looks like, um, uh, what is the dog in the movie, Beethoven? Beethoven. No, but what's that oh, breed? I don't know. <laughs> he looks like that, but he's 26 pounds. He's so he's like a miniature in a much cuter, squishier face. Like it's he is something else. I, yeah. Yeah, but um. So yeah, Zach's Zach's addicted to dogs now. Yeah. So I changed you for the better. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So they have this underlying belief that women um are dangerous to men, and convince them to get all types of tiny dogs. So they have to go through some male rites of passage to protect these little boys from being, you know, under their mom's wing and then under the rule of a woman, right? Right. You got to masculine them up. Um, They also believe that men aren't born with what they call, I'm just going to pronounce so many words wrong. Men are not born with what they call (laughs) jerungdu. And I see the word I, if you can curious. read my li- my writing where is it at it's j-u-r-u-n-g-d-u jarungdu <laughs> yeah you got it. okay um and what jarungdu is is it's what it takes to be a man to develop muscles um stature 
bravery. Um, and it just sucks that men aren't born with this. They think that women are born with like their full sexual power, but men's Gotta is like suck some dick. Well, it shriveled. They said it's shriveled up and and it's dry, and it needs to be watered by some consuming. Jizz another man's semen because Jerungdu is concentrated in semen. So like you don't have your own semen when you're born. You have to get pollinated basically by somebody else. And then you can become a full masculine man, Yeah, which is why you've never grown up. Right. I need to water that with jizz. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is still going on then. Well, the interesting thing is that, the first book this cat wrote about it was like 1996 or 1999 and it was still kind of happening, but it had all but stopped in 2006. And a lot of that has to do with uh, colonization, exposure to outside cultures, blah, blah, blah. Cause now the Sambia people generally practice uh, what they call love marriage spelled L U V where they pick their own mate and they marry for love. Um, whereas previously it was all arranged marriages, sometimes from birth, like they would declare someone married from being the t- a baby, but they wouldn't like be together till they were older. Right. So this went on for a long time, but yeah, just because of some of it was like not due to these people's will, like they were forced by colon colonizers to like go to schools and be exposed to different ideas there there were a lot of missionaries, some Seventh-day Adventists got in the mix, and it really changed their culture. Um, but it did put a stop to what I'm about to explain, which is objectively horrific. All right. Okay. So there are six stages to the male rites of passage. I can't wait. Stage one is called Maku, and the boys are removed sometimes forcibly Um and from their mothers and it's around age nine and it's to the point where like mothers and their little boys will like take different walking paths and try to hide to avoid being snatched yeah because like it will they'll like threaten death it's a forcible basically abduction like hey you know how you loved your little baby and now it's nine years old guess what not your baby anymore we're moving him into the boys hut because the Sambia people have um they so they all everyone lives in their own house and they have like shared communal gardens and agriculture and stuff but they have in the village they'll have a male hut where these rituals take place as well as like war planning just being guys and bonding yeah and then there's a woman's hut called the menstrual hut and it's where women go when they're bleeding they're not allowed to be home in their house with the husband and it's because women are thought to be most powerful when they're on their period (laughs) Um, and so they have to, it's too scary. The man would be too vulnerable to her power. I like this. I like this. Yeah. So she has to go stay in her menstrual hut. Um, which practice witchcraft or whatever. Yeah. I, so I went on a few dates with a fella who was crazy, like should have been living under a bridge crazy, but also incredibly wealthy. So it takes a while to realize someone's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he told me once. Mm -hmm. That he, like, he had a period fetish. He was, like, into that because he believed that that is when women were their most powerful. And I thought, that's an uncomfortable statement. 
I don't know why that make that statement makes me feel yucky. Like it's like, ooh, I love this one women horrible. are horrible. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, due to my condition, I got basically a period twice a month because when I ovulated, I bled to the degree of like a normal period. Yeah. So I was on my period every other week. So I was like, well, I mean, if that's your thing, th- like this in my could head, work out. this could really <laughs> work out because all I fucking do is bleed. God, that's so gross. I feel like it's every podcast that we do, whether it's here or on mine, bored and sober. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. You um, will tell me about a different lunatic that <laughs> you dated. Well, like the thing is like you, I've heard all about your online dating stories whatever right i think i'm a little more reserved in telling you stories of the lunatics that i've encountered except for if it's on a podcast in which case it's entertainment yeah and people enjoy it yeah i guess when would it come up when in our normal day-to-day yeah we aren't talking about the zombie people in our normal day-to-day we're like uh can you're like you can you just do your dishes like ever <laughs> like can you stop burping like ever but no. like, yeah, <laughs> and and no. So we don't even have much to talk about no, there. We yeah. really don't. But now that we're podcasting about this weird topic, uh-huh. that came into play. Um. So, anyways, yeah. So they, it's it's weird how they do that, and it's common in other cultures as well that like the women sometimes will be forced out of the home when they're menstruating. Um. Where I'm like why don't you get the fuck out of the house when I'm menstruating? You know, let me be Huxtable. (laughs) Um, So the boys are removed forcibly from their mothers and taken to live in this like boys club hut. And um, they, the first stage of this rites of passage, the the Maku stage, there's bloodletting where they're held against a tree and there are sticks shoved in their noses to make them bleed because they need to ha- remove the mother's blood from their blood, basically. Like, it's a way of purging the mother's. Like, you're not a mama's boy anymore, bitch. Get that bitch-ass shit out of you. Yeah. yeah. Huh. So there's that. Um, and there's a lot of, like, beatings and lashings to toughen them up. They're stung with nettles, um, which I then had to look up what nettles are. Yeah. And they're, like like plants that have like ne- needleless like a uh, needle like you know things on them and it's they're full of histamines and it's very unpleasant um and so this is when the blowjobs begin because several stages of the rites of passage require the boys to consume semen from older males um and so stage one maku right out the gate we made you bleed from your nose and now you're gonna suck someone off but it's not like the adult males of the tribe it's the older boys in the rites of passage. Yeah. So, um, maybe less gross? Not really. Um, so stage and stage one uh, lasts about three years, and then after that, stage two is called imbutu, and it's where there's camaraderie, bonding, rewards for making it through stage one. But I believe that there are still blowjobs going on during this stage. Like you did good. Let's play some video games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, although in their hut. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. So stage three is, uh, and I don't know how long stage two is, the camaraderie Mm -hmm. and bonding. I couldn't get to the bottom of that. Because sometimes it goes on forever. They just stay friends. That's (laughs) the stage you're in. Um, Stage three is Ipmangui, 
And at this stage, it's when the boys begin puberty and there's no more BJs because now they're receiving the BJs. So after they have gone through puberty and they've been filled with the, what did we call it? The Jerungdu. Uh Now they can give it to the younger boys. Yeah. Um, And in this stage, they also learn gender roles and how to have appropriate intercourse. Um, they also begin to look for a wife and this stage lasts about three years. Do you want to know what appropriate intercourse is? Please. You're going to love it. Appropriate intercourse. (laughs) Oh God. Okay. Cut off your balls. (laughs) Seriously. Actually, this is like, this is the lighthearted part of all the reading because it read me, it led me down to some rabbit holes where it was like the like the Australian yeah. ones. I read some horrific things that yeah, yeah. people do to become men. And I just was like, God, I hate like, listen, being a woman is ruining my life with endometriosis. But at least no one's cutting my dick open over a fire. It's like and then so they're doing all of this to make them super masculine and the most manly, strong men. But like. But then what happens? You're the most manly man. What, what do you get you, from that? You know what I mean? Well, I mean and then and then what? A part of you know, whole, then then you're super masculine and you can you can fend off people who are trying to get you to suck them off. And you're like, wait, I've already done that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, their culture, like gender roles are so strict that even after they're married, they don't really hang out with their wife. Like. They do their hunter shit, and then they hang out in the man cave. Like it's they don't. It's not like they're hanging out with their wives or like raising their children. Like they'll build the hut, but then the wife is has to fucking clean it and do all the cooking and shit. And the man comes home, he eats dinner, and then goes to bed. Like it's not, you know what I mean. So you just have to basically get initiated into your gender role because there's there's no mixing of the genders. Yeah, all this time sucking and doing all of this they could have just been you know doing push-ups yeah they might do that too i don't know (laughs) yeah i'm just saying i don't know so okay appropriate intercourse um these are some tips all right i'm sure there's more but this was all i could find because i'm not going to read any of those guys three books i'm not going that deep okay uh okay stuff mint leaves in your nostrils and chew some bark to mask the scent of your wife's genitals <laughs> we laugh now and then later on tonight she sees that there's i have mint leaves. leaves and bark laid out he just has pieces of fucking wriggly disrobe but not yet yeah. <laughs> stuff stuff some mint up my nose yeah some chewing gum um and i think because the it's not like oh it's gross i don't want to smell that it's gross mm-hmm. it's like that's part of her bewitching like yeah, you don't yeah. want to be vulnerable to your wife bewitching or emasculating you so do not smell her yeah, yeah what happens when you're bewitched anyway you're already going out all day and just hunting and doing everything and then you know what I mean? It's like when you're bewitched, you're just sitting at home petting tiny dogs all day. I mean, for them, like, what do they think is? Good? It sounds like the the woman has a pretty good deal already, because all I would want is for you to leave me alone and be gone all right, day. and then just come back with food and things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I guess, I guess I don't know what their worst case scenario is. I, it, it's well, it's an irrational fear, right? right? Like, how important is masculinity, really? Yeah. 
Um, but it's like we all have like fears. Like we don't want to gain weight. We don't want to grow out our natural hair color and show our grays. Like we all have these things where we're like, we don't want to show these sides or like. I know. I think the the greatest fear maybe in being emasculated, whatever that would mean to them, would be then the persecution of other men. Right. Yeah. It would be like gay bashing. Like they would be right. like, you're different and we hate that. Yeah. So I think that's part of it. Um, so, okay, so you stuff your mint leaves in your nostrils and you chew bark to mask the scent of your wife's genitals. Um, don't penetrate too deep because it increases your chances of becoming polluted. Oh my like, God. like they hate women. Yeah. They hate women. Don't fucking menstruate around me. Go bleed in that hut. And like, I'm going to fuck you, but I don't want to go in too deep because it's polluted in there. Right. When, like, everyone knows, like, deep fucking is kind of, like, what people go for. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after you make love to your wife, you're going to want to bathe in mud to remove any impurities that you contracted from her. Oh, my God. What if you're like, well, I did it once, but I kind of feel like I want to have sex again. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm going to want to in like a half hour. Can you wait until <laughs> you do it I again? Sort of like gonna... when you're like, well, I'm already dirty, you know? <laughs> yeah, me... or like, I'm, listen, I snacked, I ate some garlic, but like dinner's only an hour away. I'm not going to brush my teeth because I'm going to eat dinner. Right. And then I'll brush my teeth. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they're a little more strict. So maybe there's one guy who's getting laid a lot and he's just always. In the, you know, in the, get, mud. in the mud, yeah. I don't know if they fuck more than once a night. You know what I mean? I don't, because it's not like it's like a pleasure thing. I almost feel like it's like a, I don't know, like it's a ritual in and of itself. Yeah. Um. Okay. So this third stage, Ipmangui, where they're learning how to fuck and now they're receiving blowjobs um, and are looking for a wife. It lasts about three years. And then we come to the fourth stage, and it is called New Pusha. And at this stage, you get married, and you can have appropriate intercourse. Um, And it's when you're at least 16 years old. So usually between age 16 and 20 is when you get to the fourth stage, and you actually get married, and you get to put the mint leaves in your nose and make love to a woman. Um, Stage five is called Taiketni. (laughs) <laughs> and they undergo go bloodletting again um, when the wife has her first menstrual cycle as a married woman. So they get married. The first time the woman menstruates after that, the woman goes to her hut to bleed. And they have to fucking shove rods up the dude's nose again to get him pure again because his wife's bleeding. And that's no good. Yeah. No good. You got to get it out of his system. Huh. Um. Stage six is moon dung, and it's when a wife has the first child, and that symbolizes the end of the rites of passage because now that he has gone through all these stages and the wife has had his first child, he's completed it, and the man is now considered a full-grown and respectable man. That's finally. Finally. The circle of, of life. life. And he blows them all. <laughs> yeah, so when I had this, um, when we watched this movie about this in my class, I was just like, oh, okay, so it's it's only the younger 
boys blowing the older boys and never the other way around because that would just be gay, right? Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be gay. Um, yeah, I think I did learn some things, though. I don't remember as much focus on the stages. I remember that it was ultimately to prepare them for a woman, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's to prepare them because they got to get their semen up. They got to learn how to make love to a woman and um, resist her sorcery. And then, yeah, now they're ready for marriage. Can we see a remake of Scent of a Woman, but it's about these guys trying to avoid the scent of a woman? Hoo-ah! <laughs> and then they just put mint leaves up their nose. Yeah, we should watch that movie. I'd love to. We, I haven't we, seen we it We need since to it watch a out. lot of Pacino. Um, we you still haven't seen Cruising? Yeah, I know. I went on a Pacino Ooh. Fest in 2017 after the last when I had my endometriosis mm-hmm. surgery and my tubes removed. I lined it up like I'm I'm off work for 11 days. I'm gonna watch a lot of Pacino movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turned out that when you have your guts all cut up, you don't feel very good. And so I'd like wake up and shower and then have to sleep for four hours. So I didn't watch as many Pacino movies during that time as I wanted to. Yeah. But I did see all three Godfathers and um, Scarface, um, uh, Frankie and Johnny. Well, I haven't seen. What's that? It's kind of like, um, well, it's adapted from a play mm-hmm. called Frankie and Johnny and the Claire de Lune, I believe, which is really funny because separately Claire de Lune's like my favorite piece of music ever Mm -hmm, and then this movie I thought was really lovely and then I realized like oh they're related but um it's about a waitress who's like in her 30s working at a diner in New York kind of a spinster right she's given up on love she's been abused and this guy gets out of prison he gets a job there as a short order cook Pacino Pacino and the woman's Michelle Pfeiffer so already you're sold because fucking Michelle Pfeiffer am I right yeah so um, he really likes her. He takes a liking to her. And she's got all her guards up because she's been abused in the past. And he, it's kind of about him breaking down the boundaries. And when you watch the movie and then like afterwards learning that it was like a kind of a black box theater play, yeah. it made sense. I think it's like what you would call maybe a kitchen sink, sink drama. Like it doesn't go a lot of places. Right. But it's about the internal like – you liked it though. Oh yeah, it's really really what, good. What year around do you think? Ninety three. Okay. Um, because I remember a, there's a plot point where Michelle Pfeiffer is like, I don't need a man. I've been saving money for a VCR. I got my cat. I got my VCR. I got my diner job. I'm fine. I don't need you. It's her character in um, Batman. Yeah, as Catwoman. Yeah. You know, <laughs> she's just kind of like a woman with some cats. Yeah. Who is single? Um, same same movie. But uh, I, yeah, I think I've told you about Panic in Needle Park. His first movie was super good, but it is depressed. It's um he they Pacino plays a heroin addict and uh, his girlfriend's a heroin addict too, and it's just kind of following them around and, and not good stuff happens yeah. you know what i mean but it's interesting to see him so young and already with all of this talent and and uh he supposedly he almost quit acting because he didn't win an award or, or he didn't get yeah. enough recognition you know for whatever reason it bummed him out it, which um i can understand that after you know doing bored and sober for a year and i'm like 
come on. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's the same reason why, like, I don't, I haven't recorded any music in, like, three years because it's just, like, so, like, 20 people can like it. You know what I mean? Right, it's right. less of a push. Um, so you have to develop that intrinsic drive, I guess, to keep going. But it's yeah. the interesting thing about Pacino is that I kind of feel like he was a better actor when he was younger. Agreed. Um, because there was more nuance to it. And I'm all about nuance. Yeah. I always say Mad Men is my favorite show. And that yeah. show is like all subtext. Yeah. Like that's my fucking jam. Yeah. Um, but then he didn't get successful until he started doing his like yeah. yelling roles. And kind of now that's like for what, 25 years, that's all he's been cast in. Maybe 30 years, it's all he's been cast in is these sort of like old man yelling he's like the italian bernie sanders right and it's he i think he has a much greater range but that's just not what people he's cast kind him of as abandoned it i mean i think people will take pacino however they get him i think it's just what he's chosen well it's probably where the money goes and what the cat you know what i mean it's like but then he did um what was that movie with um he was phil specter and that was a different role. I haven't seen that, but yeah. Because he he was Phil Spector in that movie, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah. he played Jack Kevorkian, which was very different. That was a good one. I haven't John seen that Goodman. one either. Oh, either. we should watch that. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't remember it, but I wrote a, a paper about it for my acting class because I did a like I had to do a case study of an actor, and I did John um, Goodman. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross. He's great in. That's where he's kind of getting into the. I I like that. Pacino too is yeah. the thing. I do like that, but it's sprinkled. Great. Yeah. So yeah, not every role. Yeah. 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 I understand that. But yeah, we should watch Cruising. Cruising is about. Uh, I've seen it, uh, but Sydney hasn't yet. It's about. Um, he goes undercover in this like, this uh, the in the seedy underbelly of like these S and M like gay clubs and mm -hmm. stuff, and I guess some some gay guys are getting murdered in new york so he has to pretend that he's gay and go into these clubs and dance and there's one scene where he's like huffing gasoline on the dance it's great it's yeah great. we should we should watch it maybe for your pod we'll talk about it that sounds good uh, yeah <laughs> sure. i used to i went through like a brief phase where i was really into watching cruising videos from like 70s and 80s new york yeah. where like dudes would meet under the cover of darkness to like fuck in public parks in new york and like someone would hold a camera i don't know why in 2011 i went through a phase of i guess watching those i was like uh -huh. this is so hot they don't know each other. <laughs> Do you like masturbate to this or? Yeah. So you were masturbating to gay porn, basically? Yeah. All right. Are we at an hour <laughs> yet? Or I don't. What? Have you ever. Wait, have you ever masturbated to lesbian porn? Begrudgingly, maybe. I just feel like there's a double standard there because like men all men. It's an open thing. Men love two chicks getting it on. But like it is very common for women to watch gay porn. Um, Come at me, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that that's I believe you. But it is. I, it's very I've common. Never, if, it is, if it's so common, in fact, that I've never heard of that being a thing. Well, maybe women don't talk to you about things because you're judgmental. Maybe you need to go back to your fucking bleeding hut. 
I wish I had one so I could get away from you. Me too. That makes two of us. <laughs> Go to your hut and bleed and watch your gay porn, all right? Well, if if Deborah could park her fucking RV in her our yard, then I could have a bleeding hut. Oh, my God. That's a whole thing. That's the whole thing. My mom has an RV, but she bought another one. Like, she had a vintage one rebuilt, and they've been building it for, like, months. And I kept saying, have you sold the old one? Because she's retired. She's on a fixed income. She needs that money. And, like, like, have you sold the old one? She's like, oh, it's not ready. I got to do this or that to get it ready to sell, blah, blah, blah. And so now the new one's done, and the old one's still in her driveway. So then she asked us if she could park her RV in our yard, which we do have an RV gate, but it's too narrow, so we can't. Yeah, so I'm working on the house with my stepdad, and I get this text of just a picture of this RV, and, hey, can we put this on the side of the house? My stepdad just saw He didn't see the text. He just saw me, like, kind of do, like, rubbing my face. I'm like, oh, Christ. <laughs> I knew the minute my mom asked me that that would bother you. I go, I don't know. I go, I, I wish sometimes she would ask me these big things face to face. Um, because I was working an eleven hour shift. That's true, but yeah, so I was just like I told him I go, the thing is, I'm not gonna st- I can't say no it right out. Mm-hmm. But I can just go I knew right away. I was like, This isn't gonna fit on this side of the house. Mm-hmm. So I literally thought you meant just like pretty much in the front yard because i was like there's no way this is gonna fit and so i was just like yeah what are the dimensions on that and then yeah i went and found out it wasn't gonna fit so i was like see tommy my stepdad i was like that's why you never say no you just find out (laughs) make sure it will work but if it would fit we would have had to do it she just needs the needed the park we would have had to yes you see it's my mother you've you've met my mother twice in the almost two years we've been dating you like we exactly don't, so I don't, why do i now but i mean i'm just saying put her RV in. i'm just saying we don't have to do a lot of family stuff i don't force you to like hang out with my friends or see my family or whatever so if my mom needed a place to park an rv for two months and we literally have an rv gate oh, if it was for two months it was yeah. until the other one sells yeah but my now, parents are dead so you haven't well, I picked you because of that. <laughs> if you had a problem with parents, you shouldn't have picked me. Yeah. You're lucky. I don't have a problem with parents. I have a problem with RVs on the side of my house, which you didn't tell me it was going to be two months. So in my mind, I'm going, how long is this fucking I said thing be she here? needs somewhere to park it until her other one sells. Which is, who knows how long. I know, but yeah. I'm just saying, th- these are the things you do for family. No, I would have done it. You That's feral... That has nothing to do with being feral. That was like, just I don't know. It's my yard. I didn't want an RV in it. I mean, not especially. There was a part of me that's like, oh, might be maybe we could use it for storage. (laughs) No, it's all nice inside. Or we could just go in there and pretend that we're like on a road trip. That's why I want one. Yeah. Don't think that I'm not gonna park a fucking school the miniature school bus over there one day to work on my remodel. I don't like though that I don't have a choice. You see, you know, it's just like, well, my mom needs this and it's gonna happen. And I'm like, but wait. No. (laughs) No, I mean, you know what? The Zambia were right. You are bewitching. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> I cleaned our kitchen the other day, and I found, because our dishwasher doesn't work, uh-huh. I found dishes. Hey, don't blow up my spot with your bullshit, because that, those are two different issues. I'm just saying you're very resistant to things sometimes. <laughs> There's no need to be. I don't use my dishwasher, so there was old <laughs> dishes in there. That's the end of the story. But do you see, though? She's just like, oh, I'm going to like put private stuff out there. Because my mom's a pain in Zach's ass. (laughs) She's not. I love Yeah, why don't you go date someone who actually, like, has to go to family dinners and shit all the time? Because that's what normal relationships are like, is that people, like, have to see the other person's... Like, my dad... I've been in other relationships. They're never... And and it was... I I met the parents once or twice, just like you... And then, yeah, maybe there would be a family function. And then it I'm was just never. Saying, you you will never. Ha- there's no Thanksgiving. There's no Christmas. Yeah. There's no weddings. There's nothing with my family. Right. My fucking dad I haven't seen in 20 years. Yeah. My stepdad's a pedophile. I appreciate that. And I don't. Well, not the last part, but yeah. I don't talk to anybody but my mother who I don't I even know. see that much. Hey, I'm here for Deborah. Yeah, there's like, there's so <clears throat> little expectation in regards to my family. When it like in comparison to other relationships, yeah. But do you get my point though? When it's like, oh, can we? It's like you're not. It's not a question. It's more of a like this is gonna happen, and I'm letting you know. <laughs> no, I was asking, can we? Yeah, but I, but if I had said straight up no, which is why I didn't, I was like, let me go measure this. Yeah, <laughs> and just, then me- just tell you. You take the it step by step, measure it, yeah, see yeah, if yeah, it yeah. fits, then discuss it, and then go, I don't know, for how long? How long right. of a commitment is this? Right. And then you have the discussion after that. Yeah. But it, it, it worked itself out, I guess. Although I don't know what she's doing. But I mean, for me, it worked itself out. Well, she's paying $100 a month to have it parked somewhere, Aww. which I don't like. So I told her you better rush and sell that other one so that you are not spending that money. Yeah. So anyway, um, we learned we learned that uh, women are witches, and that uh, guys should watch themselves and just have bark in their mouths at all times. Well, you should watch your fucking back <clears throat> and mint in their nostrils yeah. at all times. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, have a happy hump day. Yeah.